Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Extra Point Taken on the Ringer NFL feed. It is draft week. I'm Shil Kapadia, joined by Ben Solak. We've got takes, maybe the easiest format we've had all season. Benny Souls is just, we each make three draft predictions. We end with some draft over-unders. And we get ready for Thursday night and the first round. How are you feeling right now? Is the tape grinding still going on? Is the tape grinding finished? And you're like, let's just, uh, you know, let's do some yard work until Thursday. What, what's going on in Ben Solek's life this week? The tape grinding is absolutely finished. I watched. It's great. I, I, I don't have to put out a big board like Danny Kelly does here. Danny Kelly's top 100 NFL draft at the ring.com. Check, check it, it out. out. Yes. Yeah. So I don't have a quota of players to watch. So I just kind of watch players until I go, oh, this is not this. I don't like any of these players anymore. And then I stop, which is a great feeling. And then you talk to people and then they say, oh, you should watch this. You know, you should watch Yaya Diaby. And so you watch Yaya Diaby. Like, all right, Yaya Diaby's fine. Um, and then I do the big quarterback charting, which was just done this past week. And it will draft for the ringer.com. Uh, and after that, then I'm, I'm chilling. And, and so does that mean I'm going to have to watch you know, Western Kentucky film for the sixth round defensive tackle that the Eagles draft on the flight back home? Yes, but I prefer that to watching all of the potential sixth round defensive tackles the Eagles could take. You can pick and choose after the draft, yes. right? To get your takes out there. That's nice. All right, well, let's get to it. I am I am curious to hear what you've got. Um, see what you think about what I've got, but you lead us off. What is your first draft prediction? Oh, I was about to say, are you going to actually set the table? You didn't say what we're doing. You no, said I did. Easy- you weren't listening. You weren't listening. I started the show by saying the format is simple. We're each giving three. You're uh, probably checking Twitter. I you're probably looking outside your window. I was pulling window. up the you're three getting- predictions. Right. I was getting okay. my dock open. <laughs> All right. So I did explain it. Okay. The listeners know. Listeners, I apologize. Ben, go oh, ahead. Oh, hush, 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 hush. My first draft prediction. The Texans are taking Will Levis at two. This is happening, 100%. It's going it's to be what they do. Now, as let's rewind the clocks like a month, month and a half. It's the beginning of free agency. The Chicago Bears are on the first overall pick. 
The Texans are there at two. They're calling the Bears, trying to see if they can trade up, right? Other teams are calling the Bears. We've now learned per reports. That we know the Colts were. We know that the Raiders were per recent reports. And obviously, we know the Panthers did, right? A lot of people are interfacing with the Bears, trying to get the first overall pick. And the, the Bears take that offer from the Panthers. Panthers get the pick, and everybody goes, all right, this is for C.J. Stroud. Like, they, there's a couple names they like. They're going to look at the rest of the class. But C.J. Stroud's the guy in the room right now that, that they're enthusiastic about. That moment set an unrealistic expectation for how the league was going to view C.J. Stroud. You and I watch C.J. Stroud, and we go, that's a, that's a doggone accurate quarterback with a ton of production, right? That, that is an NFL passer right there. I love me some C.J. Stroud. But the league goes, ah, pocket passer, Ohio State quarterback. And you know Ohio State quarterbacks never work. And outwardly, front-facingly, scouts love to say, oh, don't scout the helmet. You know, don't scout the team. You got to scout the player. Each player individual, whatever. But in, internally, I'm telling you, they don't want to draft Ohio State quarterbacks. That's, that's that they got, this, you know, this system doesn't translate, and they need too much time, yada, yada, whatever. So that moment where the Panthers got that pick, and there was that reporting on C.J. Stroud, set an unrealistic expectation in the public, in my opinion, for where the league viewed C.J. Stroud. And accordingly, as the Panthers went through their process and fell in love with Bryce Young, the competitor, fell in love with Bryce Young, the individual, fell in love with Bryce Young, the, the underdog, the outlier, there was this natural, immediate moment of, okay, well, then Stroud will just go two to the Texans. He just bumps down a spot. From all the reporting and sourcing that I can find, largely, right, there's, there's some contradictory reports, but largely over the course of the cycle, the Texans are not a C.J. Stroud team. I do not think they're interested in taking C.J. Stroud. If you look at FanDuel sports betting markets right now, uh, Stroud is the fourth most likely pick at number two overall, plus 550. Obviously, the pick could still get traded, so there's a little bit of, of, of question mark there. But above him are the two edge rushers, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, and then Will Levis, who I'm extremely confident is the second best quarterback ranked on the Texans board <coughs> behind Bryce Young uh, at the top spot. Is extremely he high enough that the Texans will stay at two and take him? Yes. In terms of, in terms of how their board is stacked, Quarterback rankings. I'm very confident Levis is the second player behind behind Bryce Young. And the thing mm. about Levis is he just seems like an NFL quarterback. NFL teams teams don't want to draft guys who, who are good quarterbacks. They want to draft guys who seem like good quarterbacks. Remember when Jared Stidham came out out of Auburn? And every report was like, you should see this guy sling the pill in practice. Holy smokes, you should see the way this guy prepares. Like, have you seen him play? Do you see what it looks like on the field? Right, Will Levis. You should see it like this guy. Like there was a, a report this week. He had his, his day planned to the minute at Kentucky. First one in, last one out. You see the way he prepared. See the way he cared about the team. Judge, watch him try to throw. Like, like you know, like well, this is like I like a Will Levis, but he to me like the, the product on the field is less than C.J. Stroud. But he seems like an NFL quarterback. And the Texans, I'm confident, have him ranked second quarterback behind Bryce Young. And so if they stay and make the pick at two, which I think they will, I think a lot of this we might take an edge rusher as posturing. I think that they're trying to elicit trade up offers because if they're interested in taking an edge, then they're obviously going to be interested in trading down. And I think that they're going to end up having to stay at the pick. And when they do, I think they're taking Will Levis at two. They might say like, oh, we'll take Will Anderson. But man, once ownership gets involved, once ownership here is, hey, we have the second overall pick. We could have had the first overall pick and we lost it because we beat the Bears in week 16. <laughs> once they hear that, oh, we're passing on quarterback. Ownership's going to say, no, 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 no. I'm not doing another year, Davis Mills. Go get me my franchise starter. I think Will Levis is the pick at two. Well, what, what is interesting about the Texans is that we don't know how the power structure is set up, who's making the decision, any of those things. As I mentioned last week when I, I was on with Nora, D'Amico Ryans has juice. I mean, D'Amico Ryans had options about where he wanted to be a head coach. 
this offseason. And so you you know, you can jump to some conclusions there that if he chose the Texans, that presumably he you know, ha- had some assurances that, hey, you're going to have some say, you're going to have, we're going to give in to X, Y, and Z here. Uh, we have a big draft decision coming up. You will have a say in it. All those things. Nick Casario, we don't know. I mean, there's all the, all the rumors, all the reporting out there about whether he's even going to be the GM after the draft. So that's what makes it complicated with the Texans. Uh, I guess I just have to get into my first one and we'll just talk uh-huh. about the Texans for a little bit because I've got the Texans also. My first prediction the Texans do pass on QB at two. Ah! The, tex- the Texans do pass on QB at 12. The Texans trade the 33rd overall pick in the second round to the F- San Francisco 49ers for quarterback mm-hmm. Trey Lance. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think we're both on the same page that the, the Texans cannot come out of the draft and say we're good with Davis Mills. One way or another, there has to be a new quarterback on the Texans roster. The question is how they get to that quarterback, who that quarterback's going to be. So you laid out the the scenario there. You know, maybe they loved Bryce Young. They thought they were getting Bryce Young. Now it looks like Bryce Young is going one to the Panthers. They have to make a decision. I agree with the other point. I would sit there and just say, cool, CJ Stroud looks pretty good to me. I don't know if he'll work out or not, but hey, he he is a very accurate passer. I understand, you know, some of the questions about he'll never have a wide receiver group in the NFL as good as he did at Ohio State. At the same time, you look at some of the throws he made and those translate uh, to the NFL there. So D'Amico Ryans comes from San Francisco. He saw Trey Lance day in and day out from the day Mm -hmm. Trey Lance got there in San Francisco. If he likes the intangibles, if he likes the work ethic, if he likes how Trey Lance uh, relates to teammates, all those things you look for in a quarterback, he could be an attractive option for the Texans. By the way, you're still getting two years of a rookie contract with Trey Lance and then the fifth-year option. That is a very uh, attractive contract structure if he is a quarterback who you think can give you even mediocre to slightly above average quarterback play. So D'Amico Ryans has inside knowledge is the point with Trey Lance. Now, the 49ers, why would they make this deal? Well, we know these are there's already been some smoke that they're quote unquote taking calls, which I don't know who calls who, who texts who, who DMs who, who slides. I don't know. It could be anything. You just go into someone's comment section on social media. I don't know how these trades happen, but there at least has been some conversations about trading Trey Lance. Now, yeah. if you're the 49ers, you have to be motivated to do this because it really does not hurt to keep Trey Lance on the roster. Like I said, he's on a rookie contract. You have uncertainty at quarterback. Why would you make this deal? Well, you don't pick until number 99 in this draft. You are a Super Bowl contender. Do you want to get in the mix here early on? That I mean, that that is a pretty high pick there if you are the 49ers, number 33 Overall, you're right there at the top of the second round. You can add a player. And if you've kind of soured on Trey Lance and said, hey, you know, we got Brock Purdy, we got Sam Darnold, we can maybe trade for Mac Jones at some point. We can call Tom Brady at some point. Uh, Kirk Cousins as a last resort if it's week seven and we don't have a quarterback and we're like, we got to do something. Well, I mean, there are other options uh, they can have there. And so I think that that compensation 33rd overall is enough for the 49ers to say you know what if we don't do it this year and if Lance doesn't play this year and he's our second or third quarterback and now next offseason we try to trade him now he only has one year left on his rookie contract he hasn't played for us we're not going to get the same compensation 
Kyle Shanahan, who knows how much longer he's going to have the uh, emotional bandwidth to be an NFL head coach. He wants to win a Super Bowl right now. So I think the Texans emerge from the first round with Trey Lance, with let's say Will Anderson at two, and then whatever player they want to pick uh, at the number 12 spot. And they say, we didn't draft a quarterback, but we got a quarterback we like. He's on a rookie contract. We're in a good spot. I recently uh, said on the Take Purge of the Ring NFL Draft Show, which is a show where you're not accountable for any of your takes, I just want the, the Texans to just collect 2021 quarterback class uh, cast-offs, just trade for Trey Lance, trade for Mac Jones, right? Let the Patriots move up, go get Mac, sign Zach Wilson when the Jets cut him. Just everybody from the 2021 class has got a decent chance. When the Bears are done with Fields next year, bring him to the building. Somebody's going to hit. Young quarterback theory, all right? We're going to be good. I definitely think that that Lance is a Texans trapdoor option that like I, you don't want to say like in case things don't go the way they don't get a quarterback they're there too they control their own destiny um but if they just like if they throughout the course of the draft decide that all right like you know we don't you know the, the drafts fall into us this way and we don't need this second round pick you know what I'm saying like we, we've made this selection at two and 12 we feel great about this we feel like the trade-up price is super cheap because not a lot of teams are trading up this year so we can move around a little bit let's go get Trey Lance like I think it's the sort of thing where yeah like they've that I would imagine the Texans and the Niners have agreed on some sort of deal structure. And then, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll activate as the draft goes on, uh, uh, you know, like in, in the, and that makes sense for both sides. There's a lot of trade up bowl quarterbacks this year in the draft, which is cool. Lamar Rogers, obviously the big names, but like I brought up Mac. Like, I think there's a non zero percent chance Mac gets traded. Trey Lance is one is, is one as well. Lance is probably the most likely of the four to get moved. Like what percent chance would you put it that Lance is traded? by the end of round by the end of day three i don't know i saw peter king's column he put it at like 7.86 percent like he he was like yeah. you know it could hey, he happen put it, but he put it in the analytics calculator he was like all right this is what the yeah. analytics is doing for us man it's telling us how likely this trail gets traded i'm kind of with you i feel like there are enough teams uh the titans the vikings the texans maybe the colts i mean i feel like there's enough teams out there who would say, you know what, if we don't get our quarterback here, uh, let's go ahead and take a flyer on Trey Lance. And I just laid out this scenario for the 49ers. I mean, you can say, no, let's just chill and let's just wait. But if you feel like he's not your guy in the long run, this is kind of your best chance to get some compensation for him. So I don't know what what percentage. I think it's probably, I would put it under 50, but I still kind of think it's going to happen. I, I don't know, 38%, I would say. Where are you? Are you higher than that? Yeah, 38, the three, three to eight. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's like 27. That's what I'm putting it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Three elevenths. So, yeah. It's not going to surprise us uh, if it happens. It's not a lock to happen. It could happen later. It could happen this summer, uh, whatever, once they get more clarity on Brock Purdy. But it's certainly something to watch here during uh, draft weekend. All right, let's take a break here. We will come back and we will get Ben's number two prediction. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back on Extra Point Taking Shield Kapadia with Ben Solak. We're doing draft predictions. Ben, what do you have as your number two draft prediction? There is a 0% chance. Okay, there's like a 5% chance. <laughs> the Lions are leaving the first round with the quarterback, guaranteed. Oh no, we have the same one. Yes, <laughs> we're so good at this. Or maybe bad because you want to have conflicting stuff and fill the, the hours. Li- I have it written right here. The Lions are coming out of the first round with the quarterback. All right, go ahead, make the case, and I will uh, I will back you up on it why the Lions are coming out of the first round with the quarterback. Wait, so what was the zero the zero percent chance was that they don't come out of the first there's round? There's a with zero the yet. I was gonna say there's a zero <laughs> okay. percent chance the Lions leave the first round without a quarterback. That's what I've written down. I said okay. out loud, there's a 0% chance, and I saw your face light up like a Christmas tree. I go, I can't wait. Ben said 0% chance. Can't wait to get him on the technicality. I was like, I need to amend this. I need to give myself a wiggle room. Shield's going to back me to a corner. All right. Uh, Todd McShay, ESPN, uh, I, I uh, mentioned today in his, uh, uh, his draft rumors piece that the Lions are a sneaky CJ Stroud team, that the Lions are still a sneaky quarterback team. You've seen a ton of smoke about the Lions calling about trade-up prices. I don't think trade up calls guarantees quarterback. Like there's been talk about trade up for Will Anderson. So I think that that's also on the table, but the Lions are looking at moving around, right? And like as guys fall, like, okay, if this guy gets to three, we do this. If this guy gets to five, we do that, yada, yada, whatever. But that's just look, look, looking off of six, where like if they just stay at six, they're probably gonna have a quarterback that they can go get. They also have the pick at 18, right? And 18 is where this class gets weird. I'm really good at mocking this class up to like 14, 15. Where I'm like, all right, these are the players who are going to go this early, and these are some teams that make sense for them. And then you start to get in the middle teens, and you're like, what? Did, what is this tier of players? Like, who's going at this range? This is why that to me, that's like you know, I think like teams are saying they have like 13, 14 first round grades, right? So it starts to fall off after that. Uh, man, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is going first round. I don't abide by it. I don't endorse it. But Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, in my estimation, is going first round. Been receiving. I think so too consistent steam in that regard you've seen consistent rumors in that regard and this is just a big injured son of a gun and if i know my gms brad holmes has taken injured player very excited to jameson williams traded up for him levi Wuzurike, washington defensive tackle was injured brad holmes drafted him kentucky edge josh pascal was injured brad holmes drafted him those were round one and round two picks this ain't no round six flyer on a guy with an acl brad holmes does not give a hoot if you do not have working ligaments at this time <laughs> then 10 hookers got the torn ACL. Um, I think there are good candidates to move up and move down. There are good candidates to gain the system. Good candidate to see who falls. Stroud can make sense for them because Stroud is just, I think, souped up golf. And they obviously know how to make golf work. Richardson can make sense for them because he's a big, long, strong athlete, high tier competitor, right? He's, he's, he's the sort of gritty, physically gifted guy they tend to like there. And then hooker makes sense for them. High grit, great size, right? And again, pocket passer. He can work in the same way that golf has in that system. There is, And then I said Stroud, I said Richardson. Yeah. Like that, that's all the quarterbacks. I think all of them make sense. They have too many picks. They have too much capital. And I, I think for all of their conversations about golf, for everything they've said, 
I think Brad Holmes knows. He said it since he's gotten there. He knows that you you have one chance to get quarterback right, and you got to do it when you can. It does not get better than a class with five first-round quarterbacks when you have two picks in the top 20. You are never, ever, 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 ever going to get a better shot than this. Your team is too good. And I think Holmes knows that. I think he knows he has to leave the first round of the quarterback, and I think he will. There's been very little buzz about this, I feel. You know, you you read some of the, but if you look at kind of the local reporting in Detroit, there hasn't been a lot of buzz about them taking uh, a quarterback in the first round. I, I just think they're a very tight-lipped organization. I just think the time is right for, for what you said. They're on such a good path. They've, the roster is good. I like the roster. They were probably the fourth best team in the NFC by the end of last year. I don't know whether it means staying at six and waiting, whether it means moving up, like you said, whether it means moving back, whether it means Hendon Hooker uh, later in the first round, but Jared Goff is under contract for the next two years. And I just, it's hard for me to envision a scenario where they say, you know what, there's a likely chance after those two years, we're going to want to extend Jared Goff and make him our long-term starter to put us in contention to win the Super Bowl for multiple years. Maybe that happens. Weird things happen in the NFL. It could happen. He could play great this year, and all of a sudden we're talking about an extension uh, after the season. I don't think that's the most likely scenario. Brad Holmes often talks about how GMing is about making decisions under uncertainty. That That's exactly uh, right. That's exactly what it is. The NFC is wide open. His job right now is to balance the present with the future. Now, think about the upside here, Ben. I mean, if you're a Lions fan, like if you hit on a QB in this draft, you're mm-hmm, legitimately mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. about the best stretch of Lions football during the Super Bowl era. I know that's a low bar to clear, but hey, that, you know, like like Lions fans, I remember when I first started writing about the NFL and I'm ripping the Lions and they, you know, they kind of get defensive and I'm like, how does this fan base still have this hope after all these years? Well, now there's actually a legitimate reason to have this hope. Here's the other thing. They have the luxury of it's not going to ruin their franchise if they miss on a quarterback. Like if they take a big swing on Anthony Richardson or something and he doesn't work out, you're not like like for some of these teams, it's over. For them, it's not over. I mean, you have golf for the next two years. You can figure out a veteran solution, a Band-Aid solution. You could figure out your next move. And so you really can kind of have your cake and eat it too. They are in this rare position, maybe the only team in the first round uh, who has the ability to, hey, if we miss on a quarterback, it's not going to crush us. If we hit on a quarterback, man, it sets us, sets us up as well as almost any NFC team for the next five years or so. So uh, I think we're aligned there. I think that's one thing. Uh, we disagree on many things. I think we've been aligned on the Lions quarterback <laughs> situation since like week 12 of last year when we first started talking about it. And I just feel like, you know, everything you said is true, that this is the time. This is the draft. Uh, you're in position at number six. You don't, the, the risk is low. The upside is high. I think for as much as you love Jared Goff, this is the time to make a move. So, man, we'll see. That will be exciting. It will be exciting if the Lions either, you know, at some point in the first round, find that quarterback. I think it will be a smart move. They still have the other pick. They can still get another good player. They still have tons of draft capital to add to the roster, uh, which is already very strong. So we will see what they do there. All right. That was exciting. All right. Number three, what do you got, Benjamin, for your third prediction here? Oh, holy smokes. I was about to be like, no, Shield, it's time for your second prediction. And I forgot. I know. That. Yeah, I had, had the, the same one. one. Yeah. 
We'll have a long extra point taken today. We're not used to doing shorter shows, so we'll have to fire off some takes with the extra point taken. I know we got we have nothing to uh, <laughs> nothing to debate here. Okay, last but not least, Bijan Robinson's going top ten. I don't think this like I don't think this is spicy. I don't understand why it is. I think that we've gotten to the point in in overall draft discourse in like the media space where like top 10 running back stop the presses headliner 1a and i just don't think that's the case for the league i don't think they mind it i think they want it to be an elite caliber player whereas at other positions like they're much more comfortable taking like elite tester who needs some polish offensive tackle at edge you know oh like you know a quality guy quarterback like a premium positions they'll take lesser caliber players in the top 10 but if a guy's an elite talent, a guy's an elite talent. I think that's the case with Bijan Robinson. You've heard that the Eagles have done a ton of work on him. There's been Bijan to Eagles smoke, a lot of it over the last few days. I remain suspicious. Uh, I think that the, the team that stands out to me at eight is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that yeah. connection has been strong all year. And then it gets beaten back with like other ideas where it's like, nah, they really like Nolan Smith. It's like, well, Ryan Nielsen's their new DC and... His edge rushers are 270 pounds, and Nolan Smith is 240 pounds. So I don't buy it. Like, well, actually, they really like Christian Gonzalez. It's like, well, they have AJ Terrell, and they traded for Jeff Akuda, and they don't actually need a good corner two that badly because Ryan Nielsen came from the Saints, where they constantly cycled in different corner twos and had a lot of success. Like, none of this passes the smell test. It just feels like you like Bijan, and you're trying to convince us you like other players who aren't him. I think corner could still make logical sense for them. I wouldn't mind it. Um, but I think that you have two good running back landing spots for Bijan Robinson in the top 10. The other team that I think is a great Bijan Robinson location to kind of bring this thing full circle to my first take is the Houston Texans. We're there at, they're at 12 and they don't necessarily, uh, like, I don't think they'd have to trade up for him. So maybe Bijan's going to be a top 12 pick is, is a safer take than a top 10 pick. But I tell you, the Texans roster is terrible. They have multiple years worth of reloading that they need to do. And Bijan Robinson's going to be, if he's there at 12, the best player left on the board. Uh, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't blink twice at a San Francisco-inspired coaching staff, loves to run the football, taking Bijan Robinson very early and saying, wow, what a coup. We got our starting quarterback and our starting running back. These are foundational pieces for our offense, especially for a team that has like left tackle already handled. You know what I'm saying? Like they, 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 these are the important spots that are left. Um, Again, like I think that like the same way with it, what I was talking with like Stroud earlier, and there's I think there's a public perception on Stroud that isn't equivalent to the league. I think there's a public perception on r- running back value that isn't equivalent to the league. You go and you look back at like the first round running backs who've been taken recently, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. The GMs who did that, that weren't also the owners of their team, are no longer the GMs of those teams. And so, like, there isn't actually a great historical precedent for taking first-round running backs, and I understand why there's, yeah. there's, there's squeamishness around it. But the team that takes them is going to be like, yeah, we've got a really, really, really good player in the building who we think is going to be highly valuable for us on the rookie contract. We're going to give him a ton of carries, and he's going to be an impact player for us on early downs. Like, they're not, they're not going to blink at it. And, like, an ancillary take, he's not going to be the only running back that goes round one. Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs is going round one, man. Like, he's, like... 66% chance right now on Fatal Sportsbook implied odds. Uh, they, they're, they, reportedly, there are teams that have him ranked above Bijan. I think that's BS. Uh, but still, like this is a, a two-first-round running back class. It's a bad overall class with really good running backs. So Bijan's going to go top 10. Addendum to the ancillary take, 
You shouldn't be pissed if your team does it. He's good. It's not your money, man. Okay, I'm done. All right, this is this is a complicated one. Uh, first yeah. of all, I agree with you. It was actually the take I had written for my third take, and then I switched to uh, something else. Thank goodness. So, so yeah, otherwise this would have been maybe our worst podcast of all time. All right. Uh, I do think he's going to go in the top 10. I think Atlanta's a good one. Can I throw it a... I mean, are we sure that uh, <laughs> the Seahawks aren't going to get up there at five? <laughs> They're not. Just give Kenny's the, so good. You're sure? Kenny's so okay. good. All right. Okay. Just just, just uh, making sure that they're not going to say this is the best player available. This is a generational back. We want to run the football. He's going to be our guy here. I don't think the Eagles are taking him uh, at 10. That would still shock me. Uh, but I, I think you outlined the right team there. Maybe someone, you know, it's possible someone just outside the top 10 moves up and takes him. So the nerd argument for not taking a running back in the top 10, most of it is very valid. I mean, if you look at kind of the, the positions in the first round that from an analytical perspective, where the best players come from, it's the premium positions, quarterback, uh, you know, offensive tackle, uh, corner, wide receiver, maybe defensive tackle, uh, running backs that, you know, the thought is, Hey, you can find good running backs for not a lot of money, not a lot of resources. And so it's not a matter of, do you like Bijan or do you not like Bijan? It's a matter of, Hey, uh, you could hit on somebody who plays for you for longer, who you feel better about signing to a second contract, who plays a premium position, and then you can go sign a running back for $2 million, who might be 70% of Bijan Robinson, and that would be a better use of your resources. So uh, I under absolutely understand that thinking. And then your point was a good one. I mean, every year we think we know, wow, B you know, Bijan Robinson looks like a can't-miss generational prospect, but there's kind of a history of running backs in the first round, and it's not like they always hit. I mean, it it is kind of hit or miss. Now, I'm with you. I love him as a player. Uh, if, if you are a fan and your team takes him, I'm with you. You're like, this is going to be, if you view watching football or watching your favorite team as like a, as a TV show, this is the maybe the most fun character you can add to your TV show for three hours on Sunday uh, in the fall and in the winter. So uh, it's going to be a big story one way or the other. It always is when a running back gets taken high. I like everything about him. I feel like he's the prototype. If you just drew up what you want from a running back in the year 2023, he basically has all of those skills. At the same time, we should always have a little bit of uncertainty with our evaluations of these players. And I think the conversation around resource allocation is absolutely a valid one, but uh, I'm with you. I think he will go 10. I think he goes no later than 16 to Washington to me uh, would be the floor for Bijan Robinson. If he gets out of the top 10, one more Bijan team that I forgot that I'm praying for, yeah. just praying okay. for Yeah, Texans, uh, not, excuse me, not Texans. Titans trade Derrick Henry and draft Bijan Robinson at 11. Please, Ooh, yeah. please. <laughs> I, will, I will bathe in the anger of football nerds for 24 hours straight if they trade Derrick Henry just to draft Bijan Robinson. They're not going to do it, but it'd be amazing. He would set a NFL record for carries in the season, I think, if they... Oh, you know, I love it! Ever, they would just be handing him the ball time in and time out. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. I'll get to my third prediction, and then we're going to do some draft over unders to close out the show. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. 
Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back on extra point take. I was trying to come up with the third one, Ben. Here's what I got. You remember a couple of years ago, draft morning, Adam Schefter comes out with the report. Aaron Rodgers, what was it? Wants to be traded. I don't even yes. remember. Was that? Yeah, go ahead. Can I, so I tell you, I was live. Uh, I, I was with the draft network at the time. We were doing a live show. And so we're spending Thursday, the morning of the NFL draft, setting up studio and like running tests and like making sure that we're going to be able to go live when it's time to go live. And then that news breaks. And the only person we had the capability to go live with was me in studio B. And I had no preparation for an Aaron Rodgers thing whatsoever. And for like two hours, I was just on, like we were tossing a guest and like bringing people on. And like, I was not ready at all. And it was terrifying. And it was my first like, welcome to showbiz moment where I was like, Aaron Rodgers, how old is he again? Like, what is Aaron Rodgers currently up to right now? I had no prep. It was horrible. See, that, that's why you, you should be speaking. You know, you, we had a, co- a conversation before. You said, yeah, I'm not equipped to speak to, like, you know, journalists. I'm glad that's a great story. You tell them, listen, you got to be ready for anything in this business. It's a cutthroat podcast. I'm not ready business. for anything right now. I still don't know how old Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers turns 40 in December. I only know that because we've talked about him roughly 4,000 times on this podcast. So anyway. The genesis of my prediction number three is that we're going to get another big story on draft morning that is going to basically be the talk of the day leading up to the draft. After the draft, I can't believe this story broke on draft morning, and it's going to be one of the following three things. Are you ready? Oh, oh, yes. Number one, Tom Brady is having second thoughts about retiring. I Boo, could see like not ES- interested. E- pass. E- you're not, you're done with it. Are you? I could see like an ESPN's uh, Jeff Jar- so Darlington done. breaking this mm. bad boy. I could see Brady's been off for four months. He's like, this sucks. Uh, I'm very bored. Look at these scrub quarterbacks getting big money. I've kind of got the itch here. Maybe the 49ers, you know, they trade Trey Lance and he just gives Kyle uh, another call there. Uh, we see what happens, but that's one of them. Two. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have agreed to terms on a new long-term contract. Lamar saw Jalen Hurts' deal. He says, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, that's a good deal. I'm going to take it. I'm going to get some gear. I'm going to get guaranteed money. It's not quite what I wanted, but it's a nice deal. It's over $50 million per year. I think it's fair based on what Hurts got. Uh, Ravens promised me they're going to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round. I'll have him. I'll have Rashad Bateman. I will have Mark Andrews and I'll have Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, let's go compete for a Super Bowl next year. What do you think? Lamar Jackson. And the, do you think it's more likely we read that headline or it's more likely that by the end of draft weekend, we get, we get something that says team X after missing out on QB in the draft decides to explore Lamar Jackson uh, option, which do you think is more likely on draft weekend? I think the second one is more likely. Uh, I don't. Okay. What what incentivizes Lamar to not see through the draft, right? Like, 
it would have to be like he gets the offer from the Ravens to ask for to not actually like let the draft go through and like see how day one and day two lands and see if that shakes up anything. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'd be surprised. I don't see what Lamar gains from taking a deal on day one. Day three slash like day four, you know, whatever, like after round one, round two, the dust is settled and people have talked. Then, yeah, like, all right, take the best deal from the Ravens. Like, that would make sense if you're kind of done with this. But you got to at least see through day one and see if it, it changes anything for you. That's probably true. You're, you're probably right about that. He's really not incentivized to agree to anything for a long time, honestly. There's no rush, and I think his heels are kind of dug in. He could at least wait until Herbert and Burrow sign if he wants to, and then he'll have three contracts to compare it to. Listen, that's why I came up with uh, three headlines. All right, you're yawning. You're so bored with the first two. Here's the third one. I'm, I've been the busy. Pa- so sure. <laughs> the Patriots. Trade Mac yes, Jones. Yes, yes. That's the one. Yes, That's yes, the one. Yes, All right. Yes. Where? Where are the now listen? I, I wrote so I wrote down a couple teams. Raiders. Do you think the Raiders? So the Raiders you think are not going to get a land a quarterback in the first round, correct? Based on your other predictions or no? I think they're You're gonna sure. try, but I don't think they're gonna succeed. Okay. All right. You think they're gonna try? Don't succeed. So Say the Raiders come out of it. They don't get a quarterback. They've got Jimmy G for a year at least. But they, but but you know, Josh McDaniels talks to Bill Bel- Belichick. They say, hey, let's work on a deal. Who are the other teams? The Texans, perhaps. If they don't take a quarterback, yeah. they could call Texans about Mac Jones, right? Okay. Texans are there. Raiders are there. I would say like the Titans are non-zero percent chance, but that one's mm-hmm. kind of bananas. I like that one. But yeah, That's just in one. terms of like teams that are going to be on the outside of the quarterback situation, looking in. Um, it's difficult to think of any teams after pick 14 getting Mac. The only way that works is if the Patriots somehow get a quarterback in the top of the draft without trading Mac. I think they would want to trade Mac. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as well if Mac goes to Arizona because the Patriots want to get from 14 to three. And I don't know how committed the Cardinals are to Kyler Murray's future rehabilitation and also playing with Arizona. Yes. But that's like, that's more like he gets traded to Arizona. Like if three team trades existed in the NFL, I would say like in a three team trade, but I like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots are trying to get to three and are also comfortable moving off of Mac. After that, it's really hard to figure out what to do from there. But like those two things I think are are both realistic. and, And then the rest of the calculus is hard to find out. Which quarter? So get to three to draft a quarterback, you're saying? Yeah. Which quarterback do you think Bill Belichick would like in this draft? You've done all the charting. You mentioned it. You've watched all these guys. You know a Bill Belichick. Uh, like, how do you think you would stack the top, let's say, four quarterbacks in this draft? I'm putting you on the spot. This is like your draft yeah. network day. So we're bringing it, all, bringing it all around with a little improv here. Can I pass on ranking Bryce? Because ranking Bryce is impossible and he's not going to be there. Sure. Do the okay. other three. Yeah, we can do that. Levis, Richardson, Stroud. Stroud third, really? Yeah. I mean, Stroud, like... Okay. Because the thing is, like, if you, if you make prototypes as simple as, like, do they throw from the pocket, yes or no, then it's like Tom Brady, pocket passer, Mac Jones, pocket passer, Cedric Stroud, pocket passer, they're all the same, but they're really not. Like, if Brady and... Mac shared anything, which like I don't think Mac was similar to Brady, and that whole narrative in 2021 drove me nuts. But if they share anything, it's like really quick and dynamic pocket footwork and then really quick release, right? They're both the kind of like compact athletes. Stroud is gangly, right? Stroud is 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 a pocket 
passer, but he's still like, he's like long, he's got a little bit of elongated release. He's not like the fastest processor. It's not the same style of pocket play as what Brady had and then what Mac allegedly has, which again, I kind of think is, is, is contrived. Um, I more so put my eyes to like Levis has that really compact release. Levis is really, really tough in the pocket. He can stand in there and take a hit. And then with Richardson, I put my eyes to the Cam Newton era and just the amount of fun that Bill Belichick had with an offense that was running quarterback dependent mm. and that used him in the, in the short yardage game and in the, in the, in the, in the uh, red zone. And then also Belichick's historical issues deal not historical, I should say recent issues dealing with quarterback mobility. It's, this, this is the, the thing that has really stumped his defenses of future years. And if you want to know what a defensive coach is going to draft offensively, go look at the stuff that their defense has been bad at stopping. That's the stuff that they think is, 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 the bee's knees. It's, that's I, I feel similarly with D'Amico. Yet like, he hasn't. Yet he hasn't done that at all, except for Cam Newton as kind of a last resort type thing. I mean, yes. they took. Did they take Mac over Justin Fields, or was that after? I can't remember. No, they took oh, Mac okay. after Fields. I will oh, say, okay. I don't think from my collection of rumor mongerings that like Bill ever felt great about Mac. <laughs> I don't think I like. I don't. I don't. I don't think the Mac Jones pick was like super Bill Belichick driven as Bill Belichick driven as other picks. Put it what? As, he as, makes every decision. What do you mean? There's an owner there that's involved. Yeah. With the true. money. Yeah. Um, All right. And whether or not, okay, even then like 2021, <laughs> I think lessons learned. Like, listen, you can't tell me that the head coach who hired his friend from the defensive coaching staff, Matt Patricia, to be the offensive coordinator really values and treasures the rookie, the second year quarterback in that offense. That's just like putting the pieces together. In my opinion, I think I like, I, I don't think the Mac Jones pick is predictive of how Bill Belichick will behave at the quarterback position. With that said, will Levis still number one because will Levis seems like an NFL quarterback. Okay. Really good right. again. Really good yeah. again. The play calls in will Levis is <laughs> you, you read this right. Like he's so good at reciting the play calls. It's impressive. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the ownership with the Mac Jones thing, but I don't think Bill Belichick is going to stand there and let uh, Robert Kraft make a decision on who the next quarterback's going to be when he, you know, w- with the way he's operated in the past. But hey, now after 25 and 25, the last three seasons, and whether it's hey, I want to trade yeah. Jones. No, we're not trading Mac Jones. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not, might not be the coach here next year. All those things are in play where the Patriots have an unsettled feeling. Uh, Last question here, because I wanted to squeeze this team into a prediction and I couldn't get them in there. Minnesota Vikings. What what is their plan in the next year at the quarterback position? They have Kirk Cousins for a year. Are they a team that could potentially do something surprising this weekend? Do they just not have the resources to do it and they're going to play out the year with Cousins and then figure it out? What is your say? Because I do feel like they're sort of an under the radar. I think they're going to do something at some point, team, but I'm not sure what, and I'm not sure when. Where are you with the Vikings? You, you, and all all of the Vikings hopefuls are just going to be so devastated when they stay exactly put and draft Joey Porter Jr. and then do nothing else in the first round. They might take a okay. hooker though. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's just it's just a team I have my eye on. All right. Let's finish the show with an extra point taken. Benny Souls is bringing up some, some draft over draft props on FanDuel. Let's kick them around and see what we think here. Go on the record with some draft props. Ben, what do you got? 
Yeah, so our first one, first overall pick, Bryce Young minus twenty four hundred. We feel good about that. Okay, um, <laughs> twenty four hundred. Yeah. Wow, it's happening. Uh, I brought this up uh, earlier. Right now, the number two overall pick odds are Will Levis, Will Levis minus one twenty, which for people who don't speak gambling, it's a little bit better than fifty percent chance. And then Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, and CJ Stroud kind of round out the rest. So number two still up in the odd, up in the airs. We can talk simple over unders. Uh, let's see who do you like. We can start Bijan Robinson, who right now is placed over under thirteen and a half with juice to the under. You said the absolute floor is Washington at sixteen. I think it's sixteen. We're thinking, yeah, yeah. So I, at no wait. Thir- oh, so over under. So if I say over thirteen and a half, that means he will get taken be when? drafted later kind of than 13 and a half yes later. that's a good point okay if you haven't bet um, on the nfl draft before firstly what are you doing yeah it's a good time i Angela, have not no. <laughs> secondly uh the listed odds are for draft positions so when we say Bijan robinson over under 13 and a half what we're saying is what number pick will Bijan robinson be drafted at if it's over 13 and a half it's 14 15 16 17 if it's under 13 and a half it's 13 12 11 10 um so right now he's over under set at 13 and a half to me that's not under like yeah, it opened at 16 and a half, and I have the under there, and I think under at 13 and a half still makes sense. Very good player. Okay. You gotta, he's going to take that early. All right, let's go on to some harder ones. Especially, by the way, I meant to say this during the beach, especially in this draft specifically, where it's like, you know, you get to sort of eight or nine, yes. and you're like, eh, you know, I like this guy, but I don't love this guy. I like this guy, but I don't love this guy. Like that, uh, I think specifically in this draft, uh, I like the prospects of him going earlier than maybe he would in another draft. All right, what do you got? All right. This is a good one. Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. Mm. We've talked about him a couple times, 240 mm. pounder. Over under 11 and a half. Nolan Smith, wow. one of the first 11 players taken. She see, okay, so the sucker bet there is to say no way over. This is a uh, a fun player, an athletic player, but like you said, 230 Shield, pounds. who just admitted 30 seconds ago he's never been on the draft goes, okay, well, the sucker bet is obviously over. <laughs> <laughs> just 11 and a half sacks in four seasons for Nolan Smith uh, coming off and in, you know, suffered a season ending injury last year. Yet you know, I think teams will look at it and say, Ooh, I like the upside. I like the next Hassan Reddick here, but man, I think I would probably go with the soccer bet there. I think yeah. I would go over. There've been a couple of like, like, Y'all don't realize everybody writing the mock drafts like Nolan Smith's going to go way earlier than you think. But the list of teams who we have enough data to say like, all right, these teams are comfortable taking edge rushers out of this light. It's like three of them. Like it's just, it's right. I, I don't dispute that he might go that early. Yeah. I can't figure out who's going to do it. Like I brought up Atlanta earlier. People connect with Nolan Smith all the time. It's not what Ryan Nielsen usually does. So it's tricky. Okay. Next one. Jackson Smith in Jigba wide receiver one who is currently placed by FanDuel at over under 12 and a half. Very convenient location. 12, the Houston Texans have been connected to JSN quite a lot. 13, the New York Jets have been connected to JSN a couple times recently. Not an accident that is placed here. I will say right now, there's heavy, 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 heavy juice to the over, which is people saying it's way, way, way more likely he's going over 12 and a half after 12 and a half than before 12 and a half. Where are you at? Yeah, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba a lot. Like, I, I think in the right spot, he can just be an absolute monster and be, you know, offensive rookie of the year next year. At the same time, I do kind of like the over. I, I think, you know, one thing is there's these offensive tackles that really could define the first round. Like, I, how many offensive tackles do you think are going to go in the first round? We know Paris Johnson 
We know uh, Broderick Jones is going to go in the first round. Skaronsky, I don't know if we're counting him as a guard or a tackle, but let's just count him as a tackle since he played mm-hmm. tackle in college. Uh, that's three. Uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. I think he's definitely going to go 100%. in the first round. And then is there another, are there other guys who you think are going to go in the first round? I think Florida guard Osiris Torrance has a great shot. I think Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, is yeah. going to. So I would say we got at least six. Okay. Uh, the, which the, the markets have been set at 5.5, 6.5, kind of intermittently throughout the season. Then your next tier is Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Steve Avila out of TCU. You have this, uh, who's, he's a guard. Uh, the centers are John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota and Joe Tittman out of Wisconsin. You see them occasionally get into first rounds. I'd be surprised. Yeah. I don't like neither one of those guys like a Garrett Bradbury, Tyler Linderbaum, like the quality of center usually see go round one. And then the the wild card, my son, Matthew Bergeron, off the tackle to Syracuse. Good player. Like him a lot. Um, so I, I think you're gonna have at least six with a potential of like of, of seven plus. The tackle position specifically, extremely top heavy class. Nate, like name the good developmental tackle. Every year in the draft, there's always like, oh, great, you know, grab this guy, grab this athlete. Oh, this dude out of yeah. Western Missouri is fun. He doesn't exist this year. No one are there. There's the yeah. Northern Michigan kid. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the tackles are going to go very high in this draft. And so I would push Smith and Jigba down and take the over there uh, because I think those offensive yeah. linemen are going are gonna to go. And then you've obviously got the quarterbacks some defensive players, but I don't feel great about that one. Well, let's 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 talk a little offensive lineman then. You brought up Broderick Jones. His over-under is 13 and a half. Uh, and then I will say as well, right now, odds to be a top 10 pick, you can't even bet on Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky because presumably they're so likely to go top 10 that the books don't want to lose money on them. Wow. Yes. Um, so I say you definitely expect those guys to be top 10 picks. Broderick Jones over under 13 and a half. You're getting the Jets in there. I like the under. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah if somebody who can play multiple tackle positions, very athletic, uh, high upside might not be all the way there yet, but those guys typically go higher. So I, I actually like that one uh, quite a bit. Broderick yeah. Jones under. Peter Skronsky is over under 10 and a half, which yes, under. Bears at nine seem like the yeah, like a real logical spot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. A couple more. All right, let's finish ones. it out with a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid, very highly touted ta- tight end out of Utah, who's back also doesn't work. 24 and a half, she'll figure it out. I actually, he's somebody I wanted to ask you about previously because mm-hmm. I'm going over on Dalton Kincaid. You just mentioned it, recovering from a back injury. Uh, okay. He turns 24 years old as a rookie. Like, is that the profile of a tight end who goes in the first round? Generally, I know he's a good, good player, a fun player. Hopefully he stays healthy and has a great career. But anytime I hear back injury and a player who's 24 years old, I'm like, I'm not spending a first round pick on a player uh, like that. I would go over. What do you, what do you think? You, you've studied a Dalton Kincaid. Absolutely over on Dalton Kincaid. Uh, First tight end selected market has Michael Mayer as a, a a decent favorite, right? It's he's minus one seventy five to Dalton Kincaid's plus one thirty. I'm on Mayer all every day of the week and twice on Sundays uh, in that market right now, which it's moved a lot, but it's um to me there's still value there. I don't think you can take Kincaid this early. 
The other thing that we recently heard is that Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia, there's rumors that he's been medically failed by some teams. So Kincaid and Darnell Washington now, the top of the tight end class is beat up. Luke Musgraves had injuries. Sam Laporta's had injuries. Michael Mayer's just been out there chopping wood in Notre Dame, baby. Just been out there yeah. being healthy. Just just a, a vigorous young man with working ligaments and a great back. I mean, that's, that's valuable at the top. What you were talking about with uh, NFL teams liking a quarterback, I mean, I could just, Michael Mayer, they're just gonna be, there's going to be someone in every draft room like, let's just take Michael, and I like Michael Mayer uh, a lot. I think he's going to be really good. All right, do you have one for us to finish the show on? What do you got? Yes. Uh, you like Zay Flowers? Wide receiver out of Boston College? I like Zay Flowers. Uh, I would not say I like, uh, I probably compared to consensus and probably a little bit lower just for some historical oh, precedent stuff, but I really liked his film. Over under 22 and a half on Zay Flowers, which again, you're getting in the under there. Seattle at 20, need a wide receiver three. Chargers at 21, need a wide receiver three. Ravens at 22, need a wide receiver two slash three, depending on how you feel about the health of Odell Beckham Jr. These lines are not set by accident, folks. They're set at very specific spots. Zay Flowers over under 22 and a half. I personally own some Zay Flowers under. I own some Zay Flowers first wide receiver selected, which you can get right now, like plus 400 or something bananas. Uh, Zay is awesome. I think he's going round one. Where are you at, Shil? What don't you have? We should have just gone what you do not have action on, it sounds like, based on your... Uh... Uh, things things that won't happen okay yeah uh i in my uh one and only mock draft on the ringer.com which you can read uh i have the bills taking safe flowers at 27 so i am going to take the over there for zay flowers all right there you go those are some fun props to uh to finish it out there. The, the, the draft market, the props are always interesting because uh, as we've talked about before, a lot of response to sort of various media reports and stuff comes in late and stuff will come in leading up to the draft. And we'll, so we'll see what happens there. All right. Those are our draft predictions. You can listen to more of Ben's takes on the Ringer draft show. I will be back on this show throughout the week with Dora Princiati and Steven Ruiz. And of course, Ben and I will be on the Philly special talking Eagle specific draft stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Ben and I will be back next Monday on Extra. Well, I don't know. We'll do our maybe our three favorite draft classes. or We'll come up with some format. We'll break down the draft then as well. So be sure to listen in. All right, everybody, enjoy the draft, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.